Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the podcast. Sorry, guys, I'm uh, not feeling myself, really. I've just eaten 100 Jerusalem artichokes. Anyway, do enjoy. to part date. I hope everyone is well and enjoying themselves in 2023. Welcome to all our new listeners. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy part date, which is a mixture of comedy and chat. Um, if you enjoy what you're listening to, and I very much hope you do, please would you leave us a review uh, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, follow us on socials at part date podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And uh, leave reviews wherever you get your podcasts from. Today's episode features an amazing woman. We had a walk around Hyde Park. We uh, saw some wildfowl. Um, and uh, we reminisced about uh, various Birmingham things. And next time I do an event where I show Birmingham TV, uh, she is definitely going to come and be the special guest. She has appeared in things like uh, Big Daddy's Saturday Show, um, all kinds of uh, celebrity um, programs on TV. Uh, she has been in a stage version of a Bollywood musical. Uh, she's acted, done great stand-up, uh, and she's a brilliant writer as well. It is, of course, Shazia Mirza. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Hyde Park. I'm at Speaker's Corner with Shazia Mirza. Shazia, thank you for Hi, joining me thank today. You, thank you. I thought we should maybe meet at Speaker's Corner as it's uh, kind of uh, homage to free speech and yeah. very important, isn't it, with comedy and writing. We need to be able to, yes. need to, be able to talk about... Say talk what about, you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can say what we want on this podcast. And what we're going to start by talking about, because we've just been chatting about Birmingham yeah. and it's made me very nostalgic. You, I wasn't born in Birmingham, but I lived there. You're obviously from Birmingham. We were talking about all these funny TV shows, oh, and you yeah. revealed to me that you were on Tiswas. I was on Tiswas. I was, on, was, I, on I, was I don't on, think you've said this before in an interview, have no, you? I, no, because it was so... No, <laughs> Why would well, anyone ask? <laughs> it was so irrelevant to anything in the world or my life. And nobody ever asked me about it. <laughs> but when you were a kid in Birmingham, yeah. the, it was quite grim in the 80s and right. the 90s. 
it was grim. Like the city centre was grim. You'd drive down the M6 and, uh, six and there'd be the M6. Dun- <laughs> and, M6. And there'd be the Dunlop Fort building, yeah. which no one ever cleaned. Yeah. And it was just filthy. And it was just grim. Everything was dark. Oh, oh, and the oh. way out of it was... You were going to be on TV. Get yeah. on TV. Yeah. Anywhere you could, just get on TV. And there were loads of children's TV programmes coming out of Birmingham. I don't yeah. know why. They but made a lot, didn't they? They made loads. Like, I was on Tiswas, first of all, in the cage with Chris Tarrant uh, and my brother. Throwing custard pies. And people were throwing custard yeah. pies at us. And it was such a laugh. Because, <laughs> you know, I'd been at school all week. And then Saturday morning... Sally James in, and Chris Tarrant. I, I was in a studio with yeah. custard pies in my face. And like, everybody would be watching. Or every, the whole school would be watching. And then I was on uh, Big Daddy's Saturday show. I actually loved that. Yeah. I had a Big Daddy Saturday badge, which he gave me, which I kept for years. I think I've still got it. And I went on in my school uniform. And um, every day to school, I wore the Big Daddy Saturday badge to school every day. And Big Daddy was a wrestler. Big Daddy was a wrestler. For anyone that doesn't remember, wrestling was quite big. It was shown on ITV on Saturday afternoon, wasn't it? And he wore a white leotard with Big Daddy written in blue. And I wanted to be on his show. (laughs) This little Asian girl from Birmingham wanted to be on Big Daddy. Why? I don't know. And it was so much fun. And he asked me questions about what I wanted to do in my life. And obviously at that time, we all just said, we want to be famous. Yeah. (laughs) And then my brother, he was in the Central Junior Television Workshop with Alison Hammond and Richard D'Souza and loads of others. And they were all on these kids' programmes all the time. Yeah. And it was it was so weird because that was like our way out of Birmingham. But it, when I look back, it just happened in Birmingham at that time as kids. Like as we grew up, I mean, apart from Alison, which was so funny because then my brother and Alison they couldn't get jobs <laughs> as they grew up. <laughs> I think the accent might have had something to do with it. I love it from the accent. I, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that were prejudiced towards it. They ended up working in a call centre together. Right. In Birmingham. Right. And Hold she... on, why would you have a call centre in Birmingham? Hello, um, love. <laughs> I mean, it makes people feel at home. Yeah. Makes people... They had a call centre in Birmingham with their brummy accents. And um, Alison said to my brother, do you know what, I'm not getting any work yeah. acting. I'm, I think I might do this big brother. And my brother went, yeah, yeah, you may as well. There's nothing else going on. And then she goes on there... And she makes an impact. Yeah, she's become very and famous. And then she kind of struggles her way through this morning for like 20 years. <laughs> um, and then now, after all this time and all these years, she suddenly becomes more prominent on ITV and becomes really much more famous than she's ever been. Yeah. I love Alison's laugh. I love a bit, as a, a person with a big laugh, I love Alison's laugh. Listen, it's you go hearty. to Birmingham, right? <laughs> you go to Birmingham, go to Hansworth, yeah. um, Soho Road, Lady Paul. There's loads of people like that. There was, I mean, Rusty Lee. Do you remember Rusty, Rusty Lee? Rusty Lee. I mean, there so was Rusty Lee. Rusty Lee was the cook on she was the TVAM, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. And she came from Birmingham. Yeah. But she did yeah. more laughing than she did cooking. She did, didn't she? She was yeah. always laughing. Yeah. And as a result, everybody else was laughing. But she was actually a really good cook. Yeah. And what she produced at the end was amazing. It's just that you never really focused on that because she was always laughing. But yeah, really watchable. But you know, you go yeah. to Birmingham. 
there's full of these characters. It's full of people like this. It is, exactly. Lots of jokers in Birmingham. And I think one of the things about Birmingham, people there like to have a laugh about the city. Oh. No one kind of, you know, go to Liverpool or Newcastle, people say, oh, it's the best city. No. People in Birmingham, it's kind well, of we like... we put ourselves down before exactly. you can. Exactly, yeah. Comedy's big, isn't we it? Know, yeah. Oh, Self-pacing. it's huge. Yeah. Everybody's funny. Yeah. Everybody in Birmingham is funny. Or they say funny things or they've got a funny story to tell. It's just a really... I think it comes from, like, being really working class, a lot of poverty, and then we kept each other going by telling stories and having a laugh, really. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of... Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of kind of things which make me laugh about Birmingham. And I, I said to you, me and Catherine O'Flynn, who's a really good uh, novelist, yeah. we're, we're doing this night where we're going to show uh, local Birmingham TV. In fact, we might have to get you to yeah. make a special special appearance this year. Um, <laughs> Talk, talk about your memories, but one of the things that really makes me laugh, I don't know if you've ever seen Telly Savalas looks at oh, Birmingham. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So for anyone yes. that's not seen I'm I've obsessed seen that, by I've this. I've seen that clip a million times. Yeah, so it's this it's this kind of like travelogue of Birmingham yeah. with Telly Savalas purporting to be yeah. looking around the city. Yeah. He goes to the top of a building <laughs> and you see New Street Station and he yeah. says, this is the view that took my breath away. <laughs> Whenever you show that to people, it just becomes the funniest thing ever. And it is. It's, it's just brilliant. A, I just remember watching loads of TV yeah. as a kid because it was from Birmingham. Yeah. Like Miss, Miss United Kingdom, Miss yeah. Great Britain. That came from Birmingham, from yeah. Central TV. And everybody yeah, on a Friday contest. night would be watching Miss Miss, oh, Miss Birmingham's on it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's on uh, Miss, what is it, Miss United Kingdom. And everybody would watch it as a family. Yeah. Like these young women parading up and down in these skimpy, <laughs> skimpy swimming costumes. costumes. Yeah, all, and, all, the old, all the old men at home. And we'd all be betting, yeah. who do you think is going to win? Number 13? No, yeah. number 6? Oh, well, number 6. And it was such a big thing. Yeah. It was so... And, you know, Pebble Mill, I went to Pebble Mill a million times. Yeah. Pebble Mill at one, there's, there's some very funny uh, very, very funny episodes of that as well, that, that kind of talk show they filmed there. Oh, yeah. All kinds of, there's always helicopters or people parachuting into... I remember going there uh, to do Ed Doolan's radio show. Ed yeah. Doolan had a radio show that came from there. Yeah. And I saw George Michael and Andrew Ridgely coming out. <laughs> that must have been so exciting I was about, so I was about 14, yeah. and I... You know, we didn't have we didn't have phones then. We didn't have cameras then. I asked them for their autograph, George Michael and Andrew Richard, and I'll never forget it. They were so nice. Have you still got their autograph? Yeah, I've got an autograph book at home, yeah. and I've got their autographs. Ah. But they, we had no pictures or anything like that then. Mm. But what was great is um, Pebble Mill was filmed next to a window, so whenever they were interviewing people. Yeah, the audience it, would be behind, wouldn't you, they? You'd see people walking past on the street <laughs> with their shopping, like <laughs> with true. their Sainsbury's yeah, bags exactly. or quick save in those <laughs> days. They had the quick save bags. <laughs> and people would be walking past yeah. and everybody, you know, there'd be like some big star on there yeah. be, being interviewed. And then and then there'd be like yeah. this woman in the background <laughs> with the shopping bags and everybody would go and you'd see them peering in through yeah. the window yeah. and it was just so busy it was just so yeah. local so yeah. ordinary Birmingham is so ordinary you're so right exactly you'd have, you'd have these movie stars they must have been must have been very surprised to be yeah. driv- driven up the M1 to Birmingham and then exactly there'd just be some like old lady Douglas. with a shopping I think yeah. they had Michael Douglas in there one, one time and he was like a massive star in the yeah. 80s and 90s. Basic Instinct had just come out. 
And all you could see, all you could see was all these, <laughs> these old ladies walking Ooh. past with their trolleys, quick size, yeah. with their quick size bags doing their shopping. <laughs> and you'd be pointing, you'd go, oh, look at that woman in the background you'd never pay attention to was being interviewed. Yeah. Go, oh, look at that woman out that window. Look at her. <laughs> it's it's so right. It was so ordinary. The production values were quite low. I don't know if you remember, one of my favourite moments... They used to, all the bands used to mime their songs, and there was one time they introduced a band and they played the song, but the band hadn't been queued up, so they were just stood there, like not playing their instruments <laughs> while the song started. And all the members of the band were just like, well, what's, what, what, what are we doing here? It was so. It was ridiculous, it yeah. It was so local and ordinary in Birmingham. Yeah. It was just a. But you know, when you were in it, it felt really exciting. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, going to school. We, I went to an all-girls school. And for girls, that are, a, a lot of girls in my class, they felt their way out of Birmingham was to marry a, a really rich old white guy. Right. So I had a friend at school called Penny, and she was obsessed with uh, Mandy Smith and Bill Wyman. Right. And she used to go, do you know what? Oh my God, Mandy Smith, she's got it all, she has. She's got it all. Right. She's just hit the jackpot. It would never be like, oh, look, there's a dirty old man oh, with way. a young girl. Exactly. No, we never saw it like that. It's only now that because yeah. of the time we live in, we look back and think, that wasn't right. No, it But wasn't at the time, right. it was so right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because my friend would be, my friend would be pretty sad. I want to find a Bill Wyman. God, she's hit the jackpot. She's going to have such a great life. She went out. She had a haircut like Mandy Smith because she had Mandy Smith had really distinctive hair. Had a haircut like Mandy Smith. Had it highlighted like Mandy Smith. She got her dad to, to get her a professional photo session. Had these modelling photos done to send to a model agency. Right. So she could be a model. <laughs> so she could end up with a rich old white guy like, like Bill Wyman. Then I had another friend who used to go, who used to say, look, uh, my sister's taking me to Bobby Brown's on Saturday night. And Bobby Brown's... Bobby Brown's... Bobby Brown's... club in Birmingham. ...was the in-club. Yeah where if you were a young, attractive woman in Birmingham yeah. and you were, wanted to marry a, a rich, white, old man, you go there. And she would, she'd go like, oh, she was 14. My sister's taking me to Bobby Brown's on Saturday night. I'm having my hair blow-dried, I'm having my nails, and she's going to take me there. And it was like, you had to be 21 to get in. She was 14 and she was going to these clubs. Oh, God. <laughs> my sister was taking her there. She was being, you know, kind of working her way up grooming herself to marry this <laughs> and it was all about being this is your way out of Birmingham yeah this is a way out of Birmingham it's like you wanted a better life or you wanted there was more glamour beyond this yeah you know well, we, we both made it out of Birmingham now we're in glamorous London so much more uh so much more glamorous than, than Birmingham, but I miss Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham's got so much. There's so much about it. It's very, very. But then I underrated. have I have other friends who were born in Birmingham, got married in Birmingham, Stayed. got divorced in Birmingham, yeah. and have remarried again in Birmingham, <laughs> and will die in Birmingham. <laughs> I, and I know a, I know a lot of girls like that. Right. Right. Just go with well, never like never left the uh, the outer ring right. Or if if they if they, or I've got some friends who feel like they've done really well. So they moved to Solihull. Right. <laughs> and, and when I say to them, oh, where do you live now? And they go, oh, you know, we've moved to the country. <laughs> right. And I, I'm thinking like, you know, the Cotswolds, Gloucestershire, Oxfordshire. Oh, no, just Solihull. I'm thinking, <laughs> well, that's just a 50 bus ride up the road, really, isn't it? It's not really the country. <laughs> but, 
you know, that's how they talk in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, she's moved to the country now. Yeah, if you exactly go to Warwickshire or something, you've made it, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had one friend who moved, who lived in Warwickshire, and she just, she just used to say, "I live in the country now. I live in the countryside." I mean, that was that was where UB40 went when they made their money. Yeah. They kind of moved towards Warwickshire. Yeah. Yeah, that's where all the stars went. But they couldn't really leave Birmingham. So yeah. they still had to have a foot in Birmingham. I don't think Birmingham ever leaves you. There's something strange about it. It kind of yeah. gets gets into you, doesn't it's it? A, it? You can never get rid of it. No. And even when you do try, I've been all over the world, and I, I do try, um, I, I just think, when I go back, there's something that I miss or that I feel, oh, man, I really love Birmingham. Yeah. There's something about it. Um, There's a kind of heart to it, isn't there? I don't know. Kind of a soul. I think if you're born and brought up there, it's everything that you are, really. Mm. It's your humour, it's your values, it's your outlook on life. Yeah. And for a lot of people that left and did well, it was their drive. Yeah. And we were talking about the Commonwealth Games, weren't we? Which has brought a lot of attention to Birmingham. You were doing a little bit for that, weren't you? Yeah. I, I, I hosted the opening ceremony. Yeah. And then I did um, the live broadcast with Lenny Henry and Joe Lysia, yeah. which went out to like 1.5 billion people. And, and you know, we were standing there, and Lenny said to us, "You know, just take this in because it's never going to happen again. It's a real moment." And it was like because we're from Birmingham, yeah. it was like such a it was such a moment. So it was so. It looked like you guys oh, were having fun as well. We Joe, were so nervous. Joe looked like really. Joe looked like he was having fun. We were so nervous. Yeah, were you nervous? We were so nervous because in the stadium. Well, I did the warm up for the stadium, yeah. which was thirty thousand people. Alexander Stadium. So, yeah, yeah, and I did that on my own. Forty-five minutes to thirty thousand people, and it was. But you know what? The audience were great, yeah. and they're really warm, and they know me, I know them. But it wasn't broadcast. But when the bit came to where we introduced the, ho- the different nations, that was broadcast. And we only had one line to say. But we were so nervous. We were like, God, we hope we don't get this line wrong. Hope we don't forget this line. <laughs> <laughs> hope we don't forget what we're introducing. Because it was just, it was all about Birmingham. Because like Lenny said, right, come on, everybody. Let's do what Birmingham does best. Well, have a Baltic. And I was like, <laughs> I-, I mentioned the Baltic, but I said, um, you know... Let's big it up for Birmingham. It was all about Birmingham. Everything was about where we're from. And, you know, Duran Duran were on. And loads yeah. of people were like, I didn't know Duran Duran were from Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, all of them are from Birmingham. And people people don't know that. No, people don't know today. Toya exactly. Wilcox, she was yeah. from Birmingham. Yeah. You know, Julie Walters. Mm-hmm. You know, Lenny Henry, Jasper Carrot. I mean, there's... Lots of people. There's loads of people yeah. that are from Birmingham, yeah. you know, and... And, and, you know, in the closing ceremony, they had Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy, of course. Yep. <laughs> How can you be Ozzy Osbourne, right, and spend, go well, all around the world and never lose your accent? Yeah. Ozzy's the most famous Brummie. Oh, yeah. Ozzy's the most famous Brummie. Oh, yeah. And he's, yeah, exactly, he's still got it. Americans must be like, what is that well, accent? What's, what's crazy? <laughs> so it seems to have got worse since he left. <laughs> it's gone stronger. How could you live yeah. in America <laughs> yeah. for all those years? And your rag from the accent get worse. It must be the drugs. He's been in LA. He's been in LA for decades. His Brummie accent's got stronger, if anything. It's just it? really yeah. thick accent. Yeah. And it was just crazy. Yeah. People know him 
he's from Birmingham because of his accent. Yeah. But people don't know, you know, Slade, they're from yeah. Birmingham. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of good music back in the 70s and, and 80s, you know. But people don't know that. Yeah, exactly. But I think maybe with the Commonwealth Games, people have seen a bit more... Um, they got quite excited yeah. about the bull as well, didn't they? Were you? Oh, that was such a big thing. Were you? Were you the enjoying bull, inside the bull kind the of bull piloting with, it? There was. A, I mean, they had two women were inside that yeah. bull, and they had to take turns to get inside the bull because you can only be in there for thirty minutes. But they made a big deal of the bull because of the bull ring. Yeah. And the bull ring's always been kind of a symbol of Birmingham, you know. And and now since they've done it up, it's become. You know, quite an iconic building. The way they, the architecture is done on it. Yeah. Um, people always go, "Oh, have you been up the ball?" The famous rag market, though, was the was the thing that was really famous. And when I went there in the like the eighties and the nineties, it was fantastic. You could get like real fur coats for twenty quid, and it was real fur. Um, they don't sell them anymore, obviously. But they, anything you wanted, you could get vintage clothes and vintage boots. They sold really good stuff. And now it's become a bit more modern. So they've kind of Ikea'd it up a yeah. bit. Did you go to the Oasis market as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to have pink hair. Because, Did you? Yeah, as a teenager, I had bright pink hair because everybody used to use crazy colour on yeah. their hair and dye their hair pink. And it's kind of where mods and rockers and kind of... If you were a punk, you'd go to Oasis and get these yeah. drainpipe trousers and, you know, dye your hair pink and have a moeek. And, I mean, it was very creative, Birmingham. People in Birmingham were very creative. Yeah, very creative, very cultural place. Very cheap to live as well. Oh so you could kind and of go... that's still true. Yeah, yeah. Birmingham is so cheap. When I go back, I think, my God, I've only spent a tenner all week. <laughs> I mean, it's cheap. Look, the buses are cheap. The rent is cheap. Yeah. You know, to eat, to live, to go out. It's so cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's... Let's move back. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get a house share there, but maybe. The, <laughs> but the thing is... I think once you've left, it's very difficult to go back. Yeah. It's okay if you've lived there or lived on the surroundings all your life. But once you've left and you've been away for so long, it's difficult to get back. Life is very slow in Birmingham. The pace of life is very slow. You go there and people are just cooking all day. <laughs> They're cooking in the morning, cooking in the afternoon, cooking in the evening. In the morning, what do you do? I'm cooking for the evening, peeling potatoes for tomorrow. <laughs> People are just cooking the whole time <laughs> and talking do. about food. What do you want to eat on Friday? Friday. It's Monday. I don't even know what I'm eating today. That's all they care about, food. Well, fr- what do you do on a Friday? You go to Big John's, don't you? Fishing uh, fish fish chips on a Friday. That's really weird how that is such a, a, a thing, fish and chips on a Friday. Yeah. All the Asian people that I knew in Birmingham, they would always have fish and chips on a Friday. This is even before the Kumars or what is it, goodness gracious yeah. me, came out with that fish and chips sketch. It, we, <laughs> we were doing it in the 80s and 90s, fish and chips on a Friday. Yeah. Everybody had fish and uh, chips on a Friday. It brings everyone together, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> and it was cheap then. Yeah. Fish and chips on a Friday for a whole family, seven quid. What was your favourite chippy? Did you go to Dad's Lake? Uh, no, no, I went to George and Helen's. Ah, uh, George yeah. and Helen's in yeah. Quinton. We lived in Harbour, but my mum and dad would go to George Helen. They're Greek. A lot of the Greek people, like my friend Christine, she's Greek. Her family owned a fish and chip shop. That was a tradition for like a lot of Greek people to have a chippy. And uh, they did the best fish and chips. Yeah. <laughs> but I went back recently in George and Ellen's. They've sold their fish and chips and they moved back to Cyprus. So. Have they? Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, to retire. I have to find another uh, one. 
to find another one. But let's have a little watch yeah. here. The sun's come out. Yeah. We'll make we'll make the most of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed our Birmingham Birmingham uh, Birmingham reminiscences. Yeah. 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 What should we talk about now? I wanted to talk to you, Shazir, about um, your program Pilgrimage. Oh yeah. And some other stuff that you've been doing because you've uh, been you've been a busy bee, haven't you? Have I? <laughs> what, what since the lockdown? <laughs> exactly. Did you did you enjoy the doing? The lockdown was weird. I mean, the oh, lockdown yeah. changed people. Oh, it's weird because I went to Birmingham for a couple of months to stay with my parents during the lockdown. Really? And I quite enjoyed that? it. Yeah. What was that like? I really enjoyed it because. It was really hot weather, yeah. it was really boiling, nice weather, and it was nice to spend time with your parents in these unusual circumstances. Yeah. Now, I'd never be able to normally take two months off work and just go and spend it with my mum and dad. Yeah. So they were cooking all the time and I was just eating. <laughs> and um, it was nice, there was a local park that I went to. Which park did you go Queens, to? Queen's Park, right. in Harborn. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, I used to go there. What did you get up to in Queen's Park when you were little? Well, it was like we didn't have anything to do. We didn't have no money. So we would always, all the local kids would go to Queen's Park. Yeah. And um, they had swings there, roundabouts. They had tennis courts. Me and my brothers would play a lot of tennis there. We'd play tennis all the time. They also had a bowling green where we'd watch all the old men play bowls. Yeah, and old was, people love a game of uh, crown green fasc- bowls, don't they? I was fascinated by that. Yeah. Like, what are these old men doing playing bowls? Like, <laughs> why? And then when Wimbledon was on, the courts would always be full, people playing tennis. But it was a lovely park. And I went there recently and they've kind of lo- knocked a lot of the stuff down like a lot of the swings have gone the bowling green's still there but it looks derelict yeah and i mean it's not as nice as what it used to be i think but it's a lovely initial park queen's park and i i used to go there during the pandemic every day yeah. for a walk i could walk, walk there from my house to there so it was great really good yeah. Birmingham's got a lot of nice parks. Cannon Hill Park. Cannon Hill Park is nice, isn't it? That's exactly. where the where Mac the, is. Where Mac is, exactly. Mm. That's a nice nice park with a little boating boating and, lake. And a restaurant, nice mm. little cafe there. Yeah. And a cinema. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I'm really glad that survived because it's been there all my life. Yeah, Mac is nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice. Well, as, yeah, as I was saying to you, we're going to show, me and Captain O'Fane are going to show some Birmingham Best of Birmingham. That will be hilarious. TV and film. Oh God! We'll have to, we'll have to Crossroads. Get you, get I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Crossroads. It was like Crossroads was like Dallas or Dynasty, because it was such a big thing. The fact that it came from Birmingham and yeah. it was so long running. Mm-hmm. I mean, Noel Gordon was like Joan Collins. Yeah. She was an icon. Yeah, exactly. And Bob Warman. He used to read the Bob Warman. Bob. Bob, War- oh. Bob Warman, if you're not from the Midlands, you will not know that name. But He, he was read the, the news, news for about 80 re- years. Yeah, the newsreader, wasn't he, on um, uh, Central? On ITV, yeah. yeah. Yeah, He read the news for about 80 years. And the thing is, these people were huge celebrities. Yeah. Even before the word celebrity, you know, these... Yeah. I like... Oh, my God, there was a woman. My mum was obsessed with her. Her name was Kay, Alex- Kay? Alexander. Well, I knew you were going to say Kay Alexander because me and Catherine... We're talking about for for this event. We were saying we should dress up as Alan Towers and Kay Alexander, <laughs> who were the BBC that Midlands Today hilarious. presenters. That would be hilarious. Kay Alexander was very glamorous, wasn't she? Well, your, was I your... went. To, I went to school with her son. Right, right. So I went to Harborn Junior School, Harborn Infant School, yeah. and um, her son was in at the same school as yeah. me. So. 
every day at the school gates, my mum would turn up to pick us up and Kay Alexander would turn up. Looking glamorous. And everybody would be looking at us. <laughs> yeah. You know, like she was fucking Joan Collins or something. <laughs> like she, she was a newsreader. Which yeah. was, I mean, that was a, glam, it was a big yeah. thing because... If you got famous from Birmingham, my yeah. God, you everybody knew about Kay, you. Kay was very, she was very, very poised, very. She was it very. She had very short, nice, very yeah. short brown hair, very glamorous. Yeah, very, very, very sort of confident. Not, exactly. not heel, always wore yeah. high heels, yeah, nice yeah. clothes, and all the women at the school gates would be staring at. Oh, there's Kay Alexander. But one of my favourite K. Alexander moments when when they open Birmingham Airport, there's, the, you can see this on YouTube. They, there was a Midlands Today from Birmingham Airport, and K. does a piece to camera walking up the escalators. It's sort of Alan Partridge, but it's also very very good. She's a good, she's a great presenter, but yeah, she was, yeah. I can imagine good. all the mums at the school gates must have been like, oh, oh my god, just, K's, K's turned because up. Because then you'd go home and you'd see her on the telly. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a. Uh, Bit of glamour. By the way, we're, we're walking through. There's geese everywhere. What is going there's on here? Hundreds of geese. They're looking a bit menacing, actually. Um, where? Um, yeah. How old is Kay now? Yeah, that's a good question. She must be, we need to. We need to find that out. Must be in her seventies. Yeah, we need to find that out. She must be in her seventies. But well, yeah, Bob Warman is dead now. Yes, yes, he is. Sadly, isn't he? He was. Um, but he was around all your life. Like yeah. I met him a few times. He read. The, he read the news for about eighty yeah. years. And Catherine, Catherine O'Flynn's novel, The News Where You Are, is kind of inspired by lo local news. Somebody needs to make a TV show or a film adaptation of that book. It's brilliant. But it's kind of a homage to those, yeah, kind yeah. of Birmingham local TV, yeah. TV news programmes where you get that juxtaposition of maybe there'd been, you know, some proper news like, yeah. um, a, you know, drug a drug raid or yeah. something like that or they'd be you know they'd be and then there'd be a story somebody's had their washing stolen yes. from their front garden yes. in all green burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Everybody used to buy um, the, the Birmingham Evening Mail. Yeah. My dad still buys it. Does he still buy it? He still buys it every day. Yeah. And he buys it because it's got local news. And he reads through it and he goes, Oh, I know him. I know him. Oh, she's, I know her. Oh, look what's happened to so and so. I think that was that, that's the reason for local news, isn't it? You kind of, it, you, it's kind of that nosy thing where yeah. we're interested in gossip with people we know and all that kind of, uh, all that kind of stuff, aren't we? Um, but yeah, the paper is. It, it always used to make me laugh. I don't know if you remember. Let's walk over this way towards the lake. But I don't know if you remember with the with the Evening Mail. They do these posters outside the newsagent, and it yeah. would advertise that day's paper. Oh yeah. And the way they wrote it, the the way they would write the posters, it yeah. would sound like it was sort of a weird superhero. Someone collected all these on a the website. Right. So for example, if they'd been a sort of knife crime thing, yeah, it would say like. Um, uh, evil knife man caught right. or something. You'd be like, oh, yeah. is he like a? He's sort of like an evil superhero, evil knife man. Right. Or it would be like, um, maybe if someone someone had been drink driving or something, it would be like drink drive man sentence. You're like, <laughs> well, he's this like he's this evil superhero, drink drive man. Yeah. The, the way they wrote it, that was always quite uh, quite funny. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was. Um, yeah, it was always, always, always really funny. So, have you ever thought, Shazir, about you know pitching some kind of like Birmingham-related TV show or oh, something where you you kind of go back there or a kind of comedy I've, drama set well, there? Well, I've written, um, I've written a couple of pilots actually, two sitcom pilots. Both of them were based in Birmingham. Oh, let's get those commissioned. And now I'm I'm on, I'm on my third pilot, which is actually yeah. about growing up in Birmingham. It's um, based on uh, teenage girls. At, at an all-girls school in Birmingham and about teenage life growing mm. up in Birmingham based on my life, really. Sounds brilliant. And that that's looking very promising, actually. Oh, we need that on yeah. our screens. We need uh, that on our screens. We've had Derry Girls, but we've yeah. not had anything like... We need that. Well, I Birmingham's think, so multicultural. And there's so many things you can oh. say. I thought the Rotters Club, Jonathan Coe's... Um, oh, yeah. Um, the Rotters Club, yeah. yeah. His, his novel and that TV show is Peaky good. Blinders. Peaky, how can we forget that? That's become really famous, hasn't That's it? People in America people talk in America, about that. They've got an American version. Yeah, yeah. They've got an American version of Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders is very, very, very big. Like, are you from Birmingham? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like yeah. Alabama, Birmingham. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, yeah, the other, the other Birmingham. But that, that pilot sounds... Um, 
That sounds great. We need, yeah. to, get, we need to get that on, on screen. Based sure. on all real characters that yeah. I went to school with. Oh, that sounds fantastic. All the girls who were trying to trap middle-aged rich men. <laughs> That's so <laughs> One of them was very yes. successful in doing so. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of them. The other one, the other's not so much, but right. but one was very successful. Would you play? Uh, would you play like the head teacher or something? I'd play one of the teachers, yeah. or there was. Uh, we, oh God, oh God, the teachers were characters as well. Well, obviously, be, you know, you, you've been a teacher yourself, haven't you? For yeah. a bit, you so you, you'd be able to play that role. But yeah, but you did know, you have some kind of comedy teachers when you were? Oh God, when you were there, we were in an all-girls school. All the teachers were women. Yeah, and they were really hardcore. Strong women. We never heard the word feminist or anything like that yeah. growing up. It didn't really exist. You know, we well, were, was a, feminism we, was only invented two years ago. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> we didn't really know what it was. Yeah. But we had these two PE teachers who were lesbians and they were having an affair. Really? Oh my God, we were obsessed with it. Yeah. Like in trampolining, they would stand by the side the sidelines. We were meant to be watching us. We'd nearly die falling off a trampoline. They'd be eyeing each other up, these two PE teachers. <laughs> then they'd go missing for 20 minutes. Then they'd come back. And then we, they'd be all dishevelled and stuff. Miss Morant and Miss what, Collins, they were having an affair. <laughs> it was bonkers. And we were always laughing about yeah. it. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah. But they were re- the the fundamental thing was that is that they were all really good teachers. Do you? I, I I thought of a question earlier that I wanted to ask you. In a rare moment of professionalism for me, I pre-prepared a question, and the question was going to be this: Is it? Do you think that uh, being a teacher helped you to be a stand-up? Do you think it prepared? Oh, yeah. Do you think it prepared yeah. you in a way to like deal with it was the crowds abs- and like, public the speaking? It's the absolute basis of stand-up comedy. Yeah. Because what I was doing in the classroom every day in a rough East End comprehensive was stand-up comedy. Yeah. It was crowd control. It was trying to get their attention. It was trying to keep their attention. It was trying to keep them entertained and engaged for an hour. An hour to 16-year-old boys in Tower Hamlets. Right, including, according to Wikipedia, Dizzy Rascal. I don't know if that's true. Yes, yes. Dylan Mills. But the thing is, comedy is a lot easier than it, any of that than being a teacher oh my god that was so difficult yeah comedy has been easier you know you walk into a club they're all facing in the right direction <laughs> you know no one's trying no to one's stab gonna... me or put a puppy flower <laughs> on my car on the way out you know I mean it was it's easy yeah I mean the, it, but you know what it was the best training for stand up was being a teacher what was the what was the point because you were obviously thinking about acting and stuff when you were younger what was the point when you thought actually maybe comedy is the the route for me if you were growing up in Birmingham in working class Birmingham in the 80s 70s 80s 90s whatever you you know what you just wanted to be famous you wanted a way out of yeah. there you either wanted to be famous you wanted to marry somebody famous you wanted to be discovered yeah you you wanted somebody to come and transport you to a different life you didn't actually think about um, oh, I'm going to have to put some work into this, and uh, I might, you know, I want to be a famous actress or a famous singer. You did have people who said I wanted to be in a band. Yeah. But it was really about getting out of there in any way you could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was was there was there a point where um, I guess he, I guess you'd always, you you I guess you'd been like naturally funny, right? Was there a point where you thought I can make a career? Of no, there was this? never that point. Even when I started stand-up, I yeah. kept on hold on my hold of my um, and 
NASUWT card, yeah. my teaching union card, because yeah. I thought, do you know what, I might have to go back soon. <laughs> when, that, when they find out I've just been <laughs> masquerading, yeah. I'm going to have to go back to well, being a teacher. There's a few other uh, comedians who've been teachers, like Greg Davis springs to mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, I think there's a few other people who did teaching as well, isn't there? But no, there's loads of them. Yeah. Yeah, Dawn French. Yeah, Dawn French. She used to be a teacher. Yeah, that's another good one. But yeah, I guess you see, you see those crossovers. But yeah, there's so much power in laughter. And I think um, you can make people listen, can't you? You know, people get bored easily. But if you entertain them, if you make people laugh, then you can kind of... It's like sugar in the pill, isn't it? So if you're teaching kids something difficult... Yeah. or boring yeah. then maybe if you if you make it funny you can kind of um, make them listen a little bit more can't you right yeah I mean uh, and the thing is it's really hard to make kids laugh yeah it was really it, they're, they're tough, tough they, they've got different sense of humour yeah. you can't do your adult jokes on them you can't start doing your sex jokes on these 14 year old boys in power happening <laughs> you're meant to be teaching them the periodic table <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um we do. We just we just by a lake now, by the way. It's quite, it's quite nice, isn't it, with the sun, sun going down. All I've these... been here in the summer and it's been really nice. Yeah, yeah. It is. This it is. is the boating lake. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I'd be quite up for a swim, but it's probably a little bit cold. Isn't I went it? swimming this morning. Where do you go swimming? I go Hampstead Ladies Pond. Oh, nice. The one place that I'm not allowed to go. I've never been there. No, but they've got a men's pond. Yeah, men's pond. And, and, and they've the mi- mixed pond yeah, as well. I like the mixed pond. And it's nice, isn't it? Because you feel it's proper fresh, cold water. And you, you, you kind of, there's like ducks, and you feel the weeds yeah, and everything, yeah, don't yeah. you? It's yeah. proper wild swimming. Yeah. I mean, in winter, it does get cold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can only do in you know in the winter, freezing cold, maybe seven, eight degrees. Yeah. I can only do maybe ten minutes in there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in the summer, I swim for an hour. Yeah, and it's nice. It's nice. Isn't it? I go swimming every day. I think it's a nice. Um, nice thing to do I didn't realise you are a swimmer but that's oh a, yeah I've been swimming since I was five I used to go to Bourneville Bats in Birmingham right. that's where I learned Bourneville Bats are, situ- are situated right next to Cadbury's Chocolate mm. Factory yeah. so when you were swimming all you could do was smell the bloody chocolate <laughs> oh my god so the kids would be like oh my god I can smell the caramac <laughs> I can smell dairy milk and you'd get out of the pool and the first thing you'd do is you'd go to the machine yeah. and you'd get Get a, you'd get, get a chocolate, chocolate bar, bar for 10p <laughs> double decker anything Cadbury's was that your choice double decker well do you know what Cadbury's do the best chocolate in the world yeah it was the best chocolate yeah and oh god I, I used to love drifter what was a drifter a drifter I don't remember that it was two of them in a packet was it like bit, like two chewy. fingers like a tw- yeah and it was a bit chewy caramel chocolate. and biscuit or something yes yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was really nice Cadbury World is a very good day out, even if you're if, even oh, if you're yeah. a grown up. Is it still open? It's still open, I believe. You get uh, you get your, you get your free chocolates. Do you remember you, you go round this sound, this sounds bizarre, but you go to the like Aztec section. You learn about the history of chocolate, and do you remember they give you a oh. shot of this weird tasting kind of. Um, cocoa drink or something that the Aztecs used to have yeah. and uh, you think oh this doesn't taste much like chocolate and there's all these kind of Aztec figures around and stuff yeah. very educational yeah. and then you just see lots of um, Cadbury's characters and it all gets a bit 
a bit trippy. <laughs> but it's, it's a fun, it's a fun day out, isn't it? It's brilliant, and the smells there. Yeah, they've been back so many. And Bourneville is such a cute area. Yeah, very, very picturesque, Quaint. isn't it? Exactly. It's a little Model village, village, isn't it? Yeah, built We've got a workers. lot of garden centres. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so maybe uh, let's let's do let's walk let's walk back round this way. She's here. Um, it's called Hyde Park Boating Serpentine Lake. Serpentine Lake, exactly. Oh, I think there's so a you, Diana Memorial near here. There is near here, isn't there? Yeah. Exactly. And you have to be if you want to swim here, you have to be a member, don't you? I think of the Serpentine. Oh, that's right. Serpentine Swimming Club. I once um, went to um, the Serpentine Gallery summer party. How did you get an invite for that? That's a hot a, ticket. I, I got an invite there, and what, and it was amazing. Yeah. I remember standing next to Piers Morgan in the queue. <laughs> what was he like? <laughs> trying to get a trying to get a drink. <laughs> he was actually quite nice, quite funny. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a lot of whoa, famous people there. Yeah. Jerry Hall was there yeah. before she married that old man. Oh my God. And there's um, a, a lot of uh, kind of millionaire donors and. Oh, that's right. Their, uh, yeah. Look at these swans, aren't they amazing? I've never seen so. Yeah, take take a picture. I've never seen so much bird life. There's a lot of birds around here, isn't there? Yeah, these. We've got. We're just by the water's edge, and there's lots of swans. We can hear hear them in the background trying to get some trying to get some food. I imagine. There's a lot of nature around here. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like London, does it? In Hyde Park, it's very very green, very big. and surra- surrounded by rich people, I think that building over there is the most expensive in in London. Um, lots of lots of kind of millionaires living uh, living over there. But yeah, it's um, yeah, still lots of lots of kind of tourists hanging around and people walking and stuff. Yeah, and there's boats as well. I've never been on a boat. Have you ever been on a boat in this? Uh, no. Lake. Maybe we could. Uh, we'll do. We'll do a follow-up, and we'll get. A, we'll do a podcast on the boat. <laughs> the boat in the lake. Do you have to pay to get on those boats? I wouldn't. I would imagine so. Though I, I guess if you're game enough, you could just swim out to one and just kind of get in it, couldn't you? If you if you wanted to. Yeah. If you wanted to roll that way. So I, I, w- I wanted to, to ask you as well, Shazir. Oh look, no, no, no swimming. No, no swimming in this bit exactly, and no fishing. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. Good job. I didn't bring my. My fishing rod, but yeah. So you've obviously done a lot of like live stand up, and then you've been doing TV as well. Do you have like a? Pre- I want to know if you have like a preference between doing like TV or I do love like doing, live. I love doing TV for the hair and makeup. It's amazing. <laughs> oh god, it's amazing having hair and makeup <laughs> right. done every day. God, it's so glamorous. Was well, so it whenever your agent comes to you with a TV show, you're like, yeah, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, is there hair and makeup? makeup? Oh yeah, <laughs> sign. It's sign honestly, me up. it's amazing. <laughs> I love being in hair and makeup. Yeah. I love TV. It's great. Yeah. You do stuff and then you kind of forget about it and then it comes out. Is know? it easier than doing um, doing live stuff, would you say? I guess it's different. Yes, yeah. it is. Live is difficult. Yeah. You've got to be in the moment. You've got to be alive. You've got to mm-hmm. be able to respond. You've got to remember what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> remember your material. <laughs> Have you watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? No, not yet. I really love that show, but it strikes me that she never writes anything, really. Yeah. She never never kind of does a routine. She just comes on stage and there'll be... She'll see something she'll be like, oh, I'm just going to do a bit about this yeah, thing that I've seen. But obviously nobody, that's not how it works. Nobody really your, does that. Yeah, you it have your It makes it material. look like people go, oh, you know, 
God, he was just making that up, wasn't he? No, yeah. he wasn't. Nobody comes out in front yeah. of 2,000 people and stands there with nothing prepared. Who were your comedy um, kind of heroes or heroines when, when you were younger? Was there anyone you were like... Richard oh, Pryor. We obviously, yeah. we watched Richard Pryor yeah. a lot. We watched Richard Pryor, um, Robin Williams. Oh, oh, look how big that swan is. Yes, it is just pointing to that an absolutely a enormous huge. swan. That is unbelievable. It's that so big. So oh, wow. Yeah, it is a very, very big swan. <laughs> yeah, Rich, Richard Fryer. Was there, yeah, any, any other people you were kind of uh, inspired by? Richard Pryor, uh, Robin Williams, yeah. um, who I later met many years later. Wow. Yeah. What was he like? He was very quiet, actually. Yeah. But he was amazing. He was very lovely. Yeah. Very sweet. And obviously, you know, growing up watching his movies. Yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, and classic. And then you get to meet him. You think, wow. Yeah. Um, it was amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, Richard Pryor, Joan Rivers. Yeah, she was the only woman really that was around. Joan Rivers was very good, wasn't she? I, I always think Catherine Ryan is uh, like kind Joan. of yeah, kind of reminds me of Joan Rivers a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Jones. It's incredible, isn't it? When you when you, uh, you you know sometimes what I guess whatever it is you do, whether you do music or comedy or whatever, you kind of see. You know, if you're, if you're thinking about doing that thing, sometimes you have those people, you see them and you think, wow, they really inspired me and I really want to be like that. And it's incredible the kind of influence that, um, yeah, people can have on, on you. And I'm sure people come up to you as well, Shazir, and say, like, I really love, really love your stuff. How do I get into comedy? But you never really believe it. Yeah. You know, when people come up to you, you just, you never, you think, oh, they're just saying that. <laughs> you know, you, oh, you're amazing, oh, you're hilarious. You think, yeah, right. You're, you're just saying that. You don't mean it. You're just saying that because you've seen me here now. <laughs> I think you're quite a modest person. Do you think that's fair, it's fair to say? Because that's not true of, like, everyone in comedy, is it? There's a lot of big egos and... Oh, there's a lot of big egos. Yeah. It's, it's the <laughs> business of big egos. A lot of kind of narcissism and... Well, that's why you're in the business. I think if you... If you if you didn't have a big ego, you probably wouldn't fit in. Yeah. There has to be something about you mm. that makes you want to do this. Yeah. Because it's not a normal thing to do. <laughs> Stand up in front of people, tell jokes. Yeah. I mean, when you're like a kid growing up in Birmingham, going to an ordinary yeah. school and stuff, you don't think, oh, I want to be a stand-up comedian. It's not even, like, part of the agenda. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, um... Yeah, and it's it's funny then how well obviously when you become you become more famous then you I guess you get those get those offers to be on different you've done quite a you know variety of different projects different shows and things are you, are you ever surprised when you know the phone goes and your agent says oh do you want to do this thing have you ever ever been made you know obviously oh yeah loads of stuff yeah. loads of stuff I think nah. were there, yeah were there any you were like hold on what, what the hell is this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, loads of stuff. Yeah. I've been asked to do strange things. Yeah. And also things you think, I don't know if I'd be any good on that. Yeah. But then, yeah, and you always want to do what what's your area, kind of, so, which is comedy. Yeah. 
but these days you get asked to do so many things that are not comedy. Mm. There's so many shows which have comedians on where it's got nothing to do with comedy. Yeah. You know, it's like squirrel. Yeah, a little squirrel eating, enjoying, enjoying this moment of fame. People taking, there's a <laughs> taking lot, there's photos. A, there's a lot of <laughs> like um, nature here. Yeah. Yeah, there is, isn't there? Exactly. It's um, yeah, good to. There's, good a Christ, to, there's a Christmas tree. It, I just thought that's Come is that on. a Christmas. There's loads of Christmas. This Hello. is very. There's lots of like floral tributes. This is for the Queen. It might be mine. Should we have a look? But, but this Christmas, this is a fir, a fir tree. Yeah, this is. So there's this is exactly a Christmas tree, and it looks like it's done up for Christmas. But actually, yeah, this is. Um, yeah. Oh, this must be for the Queen. Pe- people's tributes, exactly. People have left flags and oh, wow. flowers. Oh, my gosh. And it's wow. still here. It's still here, yeah. People have That's written nice. written little tributes and cards and things. Wow. I love how people have, like, framed stuff. Look at this gold frame. Yeah, framed, framed note. And as I can see, a cor- <laughs> is that a corgi? Corgi, Oh. Thank you for everything, ma'am. Yeah. And it's a corgi with a crown on. How a corgi, sweet is corgi that? with a crown on. This, I think, the saddest part of the whole, uh, the whole queen's death is the is the corgis, isn't it? They were, we're waiting for her to come home. Well, you know, very sad. They've been given to Andrew now. Well, it's even sadder. <laughs> They've been given to the Duke and Duke and of York and yeah. What's her name? The wife. And you can see uh, there's some. Where's someone's left a Bermuda flag? I guess people from different. Maybe different parts of the Commonwealth have left a, left a tribute. Your Majesty, you served us well for 70 years. Rest in peace. Wow. I mean, yeah. people, are, people have been very sweet. And, well, yeah, and it obviously affected a lot of people, hasn't it? I mean, people have really expressed how they feel. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know this was all here. No, I didn't either. Wow. No, it's it's quite it's That's quite amazing. poignant. There's actually lots and lots of tributes wow. here. Yeah. Wow. They've been arranged so nicely. Yeah. And I love how we, have they just been left actually. Yeah. Still here. Still. Exactly. Yeah. People. Clearly, a lot of people very very touched by it you sometimes think these these moments of uh, I don't know like whatever it is national grief or something it kind of brings people together doesn't it maybe people well people think about their own grief do you think think that's what it is I think it triggers their own grief yeah when you think about you think about your mother your father if if they've died or you think about death in general or just that she was there all our life Mm. I met her three times you know did you yeah what was she like she was so funny and so nice. Well, she, well maybe oh. maybe the Queen should have done stand-up. She said to me, and what do you do? And I said, I, I'm a comedian. She said, what a fascinating way to describe yourself. <laughs> like, are you sure about that, love? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you? And then she said, and where do you do that? And oh, I, was, I never thought I'd get into a conversation with the Queen. Yeah. And all I could think was, when I was on the spot, I thought, oh, I'm doing the Royal Vauxhall Tavern tomorrow night. Did you tell her to go to the RVT? So I said, oh, I'm doing the Royal Vauxhall Tavern tomorrow night. Like, you know, yeah. there's tickets available. So, you know, do you want to come? Uh, like, and she goes, and what's that like? 
And I said, oh, you know, it's quite, it's quite nice. She said, how fascinating. And she said, no, do you do any TV? I said, yeah, I do some. She said, what channel are you on? I said, oh, BBC, ITV. She said, do people recognise you? I thought, obviously not. And then she said, the same thing happens to me. Sometimes I go shooting in the country and people look at me and they go, I know you. And I think, where do you know me from? And I, this, was, this was the wow. conversation. This was the conversation. That is a and, great and, conversation. And, and I wanted to say, you're the queen. Well, she, it was like she didn't realise or acknowledge she was the queen. She said, yeah. people look at me when I go shooting in the country and they go, I know you. And I think, where do you know yeah. me from? Off the crown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you that one off the crown? Yeah, I saw you in Aldi last week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where do you know me from? Where do I know you from? Yeah. You are the most famous uh, woman in the world. I love the way, by the way, you just dropped in. I was at Buckingham Palace. Had you just three, you just gone round three for times. a cuppa? Three and times. She, did she text you? She said, come round for a cuppa. I got three, I got three invites yeah. over the years. Was it for one of the garden parties or something? One of them was for a reception at Buckingham Palace. Yeah. One of them was because the Indian Prime Minister was coming to Britain. So they thought, let's gather up all the prominent brown people in Britain <laughs> and put on a bit of a do for him, uh, which was amazing, actually. Yeah. They had Bangra dancers in there. and yeah. I mean, Mir Sayal, Sanjeev Bhaskar were there, Gurinder Chadha. Every brown prominent person that you might have seen somewhere in your life was there. All together. And, um, and what, Yeah, what was, it, what was the other time? You just, you just popped around. Did you, did you give you a spare key? You could just let yourself in. I mean, and the other time was something to do with charity that I supported. Oh. I mean, and when I look back on it now, I think three times is a lot, actually, to have met the Very impressive. Personally. Very impressive. And to have a chat with her each time. Yeah. And I, when she died, I saw Paul McCartney had put this um, mm. post up on Instagram saying that in his life he'd met the Queen about maybe eight or nine times. I thought... Eight or nine times? That's only oh, a few more than oh, you. I know. I thought that's only a few more than me. I met three times and I'm doing Doncaster tonight. You know what I mean? I thought, hey, it's only a few more than me. Yeah. Wow. That's... And that made me realise, oh, God, it was quite a lot. Yeah. I met her quite a lot of times. So well, that, that, means you're, that means you're 33% <laughs> as famous as Paul McCartney. I mean... Which is a good level. When Paul McCartney that's dies, a big one. do you think... That there will be an outpouring of grief in the same, not in the same way maybe as the Queen, but well, I I, I sometimes I sometimes wonder. I, I feel like grief, uh, or it, it kind of brings maybe these hidden things to the surface. So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you don't really maybe I don't think people even re- realise like how much yeah. of, of the sentiment there yeah. was for the Queen yeah. and for Princess Diana as yeah, well. Maybe yeah. the same. Maybe for Paul McCartney, McCartney. there'll be. People will be His leave, music leaving will forever, guitars. Will, will forever be played. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And we'll always have that. We'll always have that. Exactly. And, and that's what he's given the world. So yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's well, and that's a nice place to finish because I think when you're doing creative stuff, I think the things that you make then can live on, can't they? Yeah. Paul McCartney's music. Yeah. Your comedy, your writing, Shazir, your your kind of TV stuff. Do you kind of think about that as well? Like you're. You know, you're sort of conscious that you're making this stuff that will be there. I never think of that. I think no, when you're doing it, do it. You're, I think when you're doing it, you never think of that. <laughs> I mean, everybody is forgotten. Yeah. Eventually. Uh, everybody's. Mm. Uh, there's only a few people in history that that you study, but. Yeah. You know. I mean, most people are forgotten over time, but 
music will always be played on, won't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, even comedy it can become dated. I mean, you know, you can admire Lenny Bruce. I admire Lenny Bruce. Yeah. One of the first comedians, groundbreaking. George Carlin, the same. But over time, I mean, over time, you know, in many more generations, it, their material might become outdated. Yeah. Yeah, and well, th yeah, things adapt as well, don't they? We need new people coming through, new ideas, and yeah, yeah, and, new... More, and new reflections of the world we live in, because it's so different now. Well, and surely isn't this one of the this this is one of the points of comedy, especially, isn't it? It's kind of holding a mirror up to the world. It's yeah. kind of saying at that time, this yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this is the world we live in. This is the kind of absurdity, it, the, the crazy, absurdity of the, the world. craziness of this. Exactly. I think that's one thing. I mean, that I, does, Richard Carr really wouldn't well. know what the what the hell we're talking about social media now. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram and yeah. you know he wouldn't know any of it woke and what, what yeah. were they, I mean I don't even know what these words mean yeah so it's I think it's just a reflection of our time yeah and that I think that's the that's the power of comedy isn't it it's, yeah. I think it says something says something about the world we live in yeah well, maybe let's finish here we're by this lovely fountain with the sun sun going down is this a, what, is this a big fish I quite like it's a naked boy a naked boy on, on top of a fish with a pigeon on top with of a him. pigeon on his head Amazing. what could be a more perfect more perfect way to finish things with the sun sun going down it's lovely Chizzy I hope you've enjoyed our little chat yeah, and walk through Hyde it Park nice. it was lovely was it alright yeah Hyde Park's okay. lovely I know I wouldn't never normally walk through Hyde Park yeah. on a Monday afternoon it's been fun hasn't it we'll do the next yeah. one in Birmingham okay Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be funny. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thank you. it. Thank you. that episode of Park Date um, there's lots more where that came from and there'll be more in the future as well if you enjoyed it please leave a review 
um, good or bad, make them funny. I'll be reading out the best ones, and there'll be a prize for the one that makes me laugh the most. Name check some trees in your reviews and leave them wherever you get your podcast from. Check out our website, parkdate.co.uk. And um, if you see me walking around in the park, come and say hello. I think that was the sound of someone sneezing. Um, yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Coming up on the next edition of Park Date, I'll be on the island of St. Helena, where I'll be asking Jonathan the tortoise to take time out from mating with his partner Emily to talk to me about some of his favourite moments from the last 190 years of his life. That's on the next edition of Park Date.